learning this in their schools in a dumbed-down version of the 1619 Project or on The Proud Family on Disney Channel. First of all, the belief system that America was built on the back of slavery as opposed to all other cultures ever, that every institution of the United States... Okay, okay sorry, so... You're not disputing that fact. You're saying other people did it too, so it's okay. And then acknowledging it is rewriting history. That's you can't have it all, Ben. Again, it's got to be one of these things. It's it's either it's not true, it's falsifiable, or it is true. So the fact that they were telling it was not incorrect history. That the 1619 project that you're on, like constantly attacking, uh, it's it, it's not a falsehood. around over the weekend that was um, shocking to those who have never really watched Disney Plus or or looked at much of the content that is being promoted on Disney Plus. And there's a reason that we here at Daily Wire are dedicating $100 million over the next couple of years to produce children's content. It's coming out in very short order, apparently not fast enough. DW Kids is going to be a thing specifically because we wish to provide your kids a space where they can believe in traditional values and just learn about the world. Because but what the left wants to do it's probably going to be a lot more successful than PragerU Kids. That was a, a pretty big disaster. I don't know what the numbers are, but whatever they were putting into making the PragerU Kids thing a thing online, it never really took off. And so at first you were like, wow, some of these videos are getting a shocking amount, like 150,000 views on these like very, very politically charged videos. They try to say that they are just like apolitical children's entertainment. No, the entire thing is about an adoration of capitalism and an adoration of America. It's a patriot patriotism to the max and capitalism is, is the greatest thing ever. Those two things. And we're going to completely change American history uh, in order to teach you that. Like, yes, uh, slavery was a real part of our history and it was bad, but we also not only acknowledged that it was bad, we were one of the first countries to abolish it and you're like that's not true wait what uh yes and, and not only that uh, we're one of the first countries uh that also uh you know has empowered people that we previously enslaved uh and, and they're like well what are you defining as empowered this whole thing is just yikes from top on down but same people who basically will tell you about how the left is indoctrinating your kids if you happen to see uh you know a video of someone being like i use say them pronouns it's like oh my god prey on your kids and shove into their brains terrible ideas about the country, about morality, about religion, about all the institutions, the intermediate institutions that make life both secure and worth living. And so one of the shows that was doing this on Disney Plus is, of course, The Proud Family. The Here is a clip from The Proud Family that was making the rounds over the weekend. It is just false history and nonsense, rage against America being taught to your small kids. This country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. Tilled this land from True. sea to sea to sea. First it was rice, tobacco, sugar cane. Then women did his thing and cotton became king. And we were its True. soldiers. Four million strong. Fighting for America's True. freedoms, even though we remained America's slaves. Also built this True. country. The descendants of slaves no mistakes to found. build this. Slaves built this country. And we, the descendants of slaves in America, have earned reparations for their suffering. And continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in the system. Systemic prejudice, racism, and white supremacy that America mm -hmm. was founded with and still has not atoned for. Slaves built this country. Not only field hands, but carpenters, masons, blacksmiths, musicians, inventors built cities from Jamestown to New Orleans to Bannockhead, Washington. 40 acres and a mule. We'll take the 40 acres, keep the mule. We, we made your families rich. From the southern plantation heirs to the northern bankers to the New England ship owners, the founding fathers, former presidents, current senators, the Illuminati, the New World order. Okay, so there's there's the first mistake. And that was a joke. 
Unfortunately, uh, an ill-timed one. I, I can understand when the severity of the topic matter is, is happening, to put that in there in the middle of it, it's something that obviously a couple people would be like, whoa, what? Um, but yes, that, that it's intended, like, you, you know, the right, you're always talking about how it's the other side that doesn't have any humor. But that's, so far in terms of historical accuracy, that's the only part. But again, that was a, a pretty clear and decided joke, if, if you're watching the sequence. They built this country. We had Tubman. Turner. Frederick D. Then they say Lincoln freed the slaves. But slaves were men. And women. And only we can free ourselves. Emancipation is not freedom. Jim Crow, segregation, redlining, public schools, feeding private prisons, where we become slaves again. As we celebrate Juneteenth for, for the umpteenth time, our account is still outstanding. Because this country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. And we demand our 40 acres and a mule. Bump that. You can keep the mule. Keep the 40. We're taking our freedom. <laughs> Well, now I'm ready for Ben Shapiro to destroy every one of the things they said with facts and love. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Okay, so that's what they're promoting on Disney Plus. That's what they're promoting. That, that is a false history of the United States. This is basically just 1619 Project garbage. It is bled down. This is always how it works, is that all this garbage starts at the highest level of critical race theory in our universities, then it bleeds down to the people who write your shows, and then it's your kids who are now uh, what? So, um, critical race theory is a highly specialized field that is usually uh, practiced by people in uh, legal studies. Yeah, lawyers, that kind of stuff, uh, to to tell and, and examine and explore uh, what exactly is the different vectors of oppression and how do they influence and impact different communities based on a series of traits. That's that's, that's so highly specialized. So there there isn't some top on down the the institution of critical race theory that is now permeating all of media all the way to the very bottom and that at that point it's where people are truly being infected and controlled uh, no that that's not not how any of this works learning this in their schools in a dumbed down version of the 1619 project or on the proud family on disney channel first of all the belief system that america was built on the back of slavery as opposed to all other cultures ever that every institution of the united states okay okay sorry so you're not disputing that fact. You're saying other people did it too, so it's okay. And then acknowledging it is rewriting history. That's you can't have it all, Ben. Again, it's got to be one of these things. It's it's either it's not true, it's falsifiable, or it is true. So the fact that they were telling it was not incorrect history. That the 1619 project that you're on, like constantly attacking, uh, it's it, it's not a falsehood. Is is infused with slavery? It's a lie. The belief that it's Southern wealth that generated American prosperity is also a lie. The South was a was an economic backwater compared to the North. Slavery is actually very bad for the North was where the cotton that was picked, that, that's where it was turned into textiles. The North was also benefiting from slavery, even parts of the North that may or may not have legal slavery in them. The economy, as it turns out, which is what the South found out during the Civil War, when the North kicked the hell out of them, the, the belief system that people today are owed reparations for sins committed against their great, 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 great grandparents. And that every ill in American society today is attributable to slavery is an absurdity. 
And yet this is so we don't need to do that episode of Atlanta where there's like this thing in the future where people look into everyone's past and find out if their great great ancestors own slaves and then if their great great ancestors own slaves if those same slaves uh, who have their own descendants are owed reparations from that same family and then they're hunting white people on the streets being like oh you're one of those like former slave owners stuff like that but what you could do in terms of reparations is taking large amounts of money and being and putting it into the communities that are most affected by systemic and institutional racism and poverty, the families that are most impacted by this, uh, and 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 in ameliorating their quality of life in present day as a result of generational uh, impoverishment that yes can sometimes in some cases uh, trace its way all the way back to uh, people who were held as slaves in America. The crap that they are now mainlining into your kids' heads through TV, like, to, and, and making your kids hate the country. I mean, I don't know how you how you emerge from that. Or just they, yeah, thinking our country is evil. That's where I, I personally think would be right, but that's not where... <laughs> America is so far from reparations <laughs> in terms of, like, what do I think is a tangible thing that I could advocate for that Americans will achieve? Look what America is having in terms of a reckoning for basic history. This this isn't this isn't anywhere close to reparations. This is really basic fucking history that's being told in an animated form, and to be honest, a pretty well done creative animated form. And people are losing their minds, absolutely, like just melting down in real time. But yes, no, absolutely. I think the same way that you know, uh, post World War II Germany had to do mea culpa, in the same way that uh, other countries have had to do it in in the past. Absolutely, yes, no, that's I I, I agree with it. That of course is the entire point of that little that little woke retelling of American history straight from Nicole Hannah-Jones and Howard Zinn. The idea is America is bad. The founding fathers, they were, they were all evil slaveholders. Lincoln didn't free the slaves. Lincoln actually wasn't responsible. We freed ourselves. That, that might come as a surprise to the you know, half a million people who died in the Civil War. But again, this, this basic idea, which is that America is super bad, it's being mainlined. You know who actually is, is the executive producer for this show, by the way. The person who is involved in the making of this show is a person named LaToya Ravino. You'll remember okay. LaToya Ravino. She's the executive producer for Disney Television Animation. And she was caught on tape just a few months ago saying, quote, in my little pocket of proud family Disney TVA, the showrunners were super welcoming to my not at all secret gay agenda. Maybe it was that way in the past, <laughs> oh, but I guess no. something must have happened. All the momentum that I felt <laughs> that sense of, I don't have to be afraid to have these two characters kiss in the background. I was just wherever I could adding queerness. No one would stop me. No one was trying to stop me. It's all part of a broader rubric, a broader agenda to indoctrinate your kids. This is all part, you know, pretending. I don't know which parts you were adding, which parts were verbatim quotes, but it sounds to me uh, like you've been taken for a ride here, Mr. Ben Shapiro, because uh, many members of the queer community are very aware of the weird conspiracies and lies that people, <laughs> reactionaries tell, and will say jokes. Like, I've said that many a time, that I'm, I'm here as part of the bisexual agenda to <laughs> indoctrinate uh, the world. That's that's part of the entire plan. I'm paid by George Soros and, and the big trans lobby, and, and the entire thing is, uh, like, obviously these things aren't true because they, they, like, they don't exist. Like, George Soros exists, but it's usually part of an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory that he's funding these agendas that, again, don't, don't have superpower in, in the world. The, the, like the trans agenda, the fact that it's trying to impact every facet of society is uh, just unfortunately not a reality of the world we live in. Um, he also got really mad about the Sam Smith stuff. Uh, and right, it, was, it was really weird. I was watching some of it. The simple fact of the matter is that a lot of Sam Smith brought him back in and, um, and they 
together created a song called Unholy. So this is a, this is two white males. It is a, a gender non-binary white male who's a male and a trans woman who is a white male celebrating as they win a, a, an award for Unholy. By the way, they spew just like endless hate speech and as soon as you get in an environment where there's multiple different right-wing reactionary pundits, they will not stop whining about being mean. Like, watching that one where it was all the biggest names in punditry all collectively together, and all the people are always talking about, yes, the alpha boys are back, but please don't use any other term for the alpha boys. Do not call me a baby man. It really hurts me, and I fill my diaper. You know, that kind of shit, where it's just like, why the fuck are all of you so soft-skinned when someone's like, that's factually incorrect, and you're being an asshole. Stop misgendering people. Like, why are they being mean to me? I did not know the intolerant left was here. Holy, I guess they won last night best pop duo and group performance and performed a full-on satanic ritual at the Grammys. Ah, an actual ritual. Sam graciously wanted me to accept this award because I'm the first uh, transgender woman to win this award. The ritual is complete. We did oh, so it. So much celebration. So much cheering. And of course, that makes Ben big mad. Okay. And um, and this brings us to the actual performance. So to understand just how bad the performance was, you have to and, and what the song "Unholy" is about, you actually have to see it. So here's what oh it God. looked like. Again. Oh no, the color red. That's the evil color. Got to get rid of that red. Everything turned red because evil. Oh my God. Okay, so for those who can't see, is Kim Petras in a cage surrounded by strippers. What? And um, Sam Smith shows up wearing a Satan hat and uh, sponsored by Pfizer. So, two on the nose, God. Sorry. <laughs> Satan sponsored by Pfizer. Wow, just well done right there. In a second, we're going to get to the Satanic aspect of the Grammys, which ties into a broader sort of intellectual rubric. First, if we're talking about people who should not be trusted with your kids, we're talking about these people. If we're talking about people who should not be trusted with your data. We're talking about big tech. How would it feel if you were at a coffee shop and you're sitting there and you're just going through your emails and then you're like, oh, you know, I need to hit the restroom. So you move on over to the restroom, but you leave your laptop on the table. Crucial mistake. You come back and Harry Styles is just browsing for women's underwear on your laptop. You'd feel real bad about yourself. And now your inbox is polluted with weird advertising spam. Well, you yes. shouldn't leave your internet activity open to just anyone. Yes, you are correct. You have been watching an ad. That you have been watching an ad for a while. Maybe it's a little weird to pick up on it because at first you're like, well, he's still doing all the bigoted stuff. He's like, speaking of people that you don't want around your kids and Harry Styles looking up a whole bunch of pictures of underwear on your computer and stuff. So it still sounds like a Ben Shapiro routine, but he's been doing an ad this entire time. Well, and that would be a foolish move. This is why I use ExpressVPN. By the way, I'm not going to be doing ExpressVPN ads from here on out because uh, I know from doing, uh, I forget what the biggest other competition is, Atlas VPN or whatever, they overlook these ads. I've, I've, I've done one of these re reads before. They have to approve the ad. So he made that. He sent it to them. They were like, oh, yeah, that's fine. And then they, they ran with it and he collected cash. So, so there you go. Jimmy Dore, also on the Sam Smith. know anything about. It's also important uh, stuff for workers. I can't hear it. Oh, before we talk about this, I should probably bring up the Jimmy Dore uh, NDA thing. Hold on. Because that's also kind of silly and amongst everything else. An independent contractor agreement used by YouTube's production company reveals anti-worker provisions. 
Popular YouTube personality and comedian Jimmy Dore, who presents himself as a champion of labor and the working class, had contractors sign a harsh labor agreement in the summer of 2020 documents obtained by the Important Context Reveal. The 57-year-old Dore originally rose to national prominence within progressive circles due to his decade-long affiliation with the Young Turks YouTube channel. Then he became known as one of the loudest, most passionate proponents of Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders' 2016 presidential campaign. However, his online star has risen since striking out his own in 2019. Today, he boasts more than a million YouTube subscribers and over 433,000 Twitter followers. He's appeared on cable news and podcasts Podcast of Joe Rogan uh, and Russell Brand. In 22, uh, 2020, Dor was reportedly able to purchase a 1.9, 2,800-square-foot compound in, in L.A., San Fernando Valley, or San Fernando Valley. Much of Dor's audience growth has occurred since the latter half of 2021, according to YouTube analytics site Social Blade, coinciding with the comedian's full-blown embrace of conspiracy theories. For example, Dor has suggested that the COVID-19 pandemic is an excuse for economic elites to engineer greater social control, that the vaccines are a big pharma scam, and that actually increase susceptibility to the virus, that the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, was a homosexual lover's quarrel, which he hasn't walked back, even with video evidence now, that a federal law enforcement helped facilitate the January 6th Capitol insurrection in 2021, that of the arrests of youth climate activist Greta Thunberg in Germany last month may have been staged. The Corridor's appeal, however, stems from his reputation as a bare-knuckles populist, a pugilistic truth-telling everyman willing to hold all sides accountable on the behalf of workers, especially Democrats, with a learn-as-you-go approach to the news. The YouTuber spent years raging against the machine, bemoaning the ills of solo politicians, journalists, corporations, and capitalism. In a December live stream, for example, Dor huffed about how President Biden and congressional Democrats leveraged the 1926 Railway Labor Act to prevent a rail strike before the holidays, imposing an unpopular labor agreement on the workers that lacked any paid sick days. That's not a bad thing to oppose, though. In typical Dor fashion, he ignored the fact that Republicans co-signed the deal and had even lobbied for a worse contract just weeks earlier. So Joe Biden and the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, the squad, they voted to screw you. Would you upset this tone for labor in the country? Labor is winning, he said. But the documents obtained by the important con uh, context reveal that labor is not necessarily winning the Doors' own show. An independent contractor agreement, which was used by Doors' production company, Four Door Productions, in the summer of 2020, contained several harsh provisions that disadvantaged workers, including forced arbitration. Former friends and colleagues of Doors told Important Context that the agreement was not out of character for the comedian. He's very pro-employer. The agreement from the 4DP includes clauses that are protective to the company and door, legal experts told important context. The document contains a thorough nine-part, three-page confidentially, uh, confidentially section effectively prohibiting contractors from discussing anything they learned about door, his wife, or their collaborators on the job, including details about their business, personal lives, finances, investments, and more. The agreement is a stark departure from Dora's public commentary. In the past, Dora criticized former President Donald Trump's use of confidentiality agreements with volunteers, calling them very right-wingy. If people want to do that, you are a volunteer, and you want to do that, again, you're a moron, Dora cracked. If you want to play in traffic, I guess, I can't stop you either. Like, go ahead. The consequences for workers who breach Dora's confidentiality section, or another extensive section requiring contractors to sign away rights to their work product, can be severe under the agreement. Breaches and then even threatened breach can constitute immediate and irre uh, irreparable harm, entitling Dora's company to equip uh, equip equitable non-monetary relief meaning contractors could be ordered uh refrain from the activity the agreement further stipulates that breaches entitled doors company to liquidated damages which are agreed upon damages for failing to meet a specific contractual obligation in the amount of ten thousand dollars per breach ten thousand dollars per breach these are provisions are the hallmark of the very pro-employer employment contract Alan Hyde, distinguished professor at Sydney Reitman Scholar and Rutgers Law School, told Important Context. Hyde noted that the provisions were dubious enforceability, particularly the liquidated damages clause due to its high dollar figure. They have to be reasonable forecasts at the time of contracting of the harm, which this one isn't because it's $10,000 irrespective of what the harm is. It's just like, it's a swear jar for, for Jimmy. But every single time you talk about him or his family, it's like, uh, $10,000, $10,000. Now you brought me up. 
Uh, Philip Harvey, a law and economics professor at Rutgers Law School, agreed that Doar's contract was heavily titled in favor of himself, calling it very employer-friendly. Harvey told Important Context uh, attorney that it uh, had been clever drafting the contract with a financial amount that was high enough to disincentivize minor breaches of confidentiality, like a loose-lipped at a bar scenario, but low enough for courts to allow in the event of major breaches, like writing a best-selling book containing personal details about Doar. The 40B contractor agreement includes forced arbitration for disputes except in certain circumstances like union busting. In arbitration, parties submit disputes and claims to a chosen arbitrator, in this case, one affiliation with the American Arbitration Association, rather than going through the courts. Although common in many work contracts, sometimes preferred in union workplaces and often faster than litigation, arbitration can present obstacles to relief for workers. Is Door is Jimmy Door's show union? Is it unionized? Is there like a Jimmy Door's? Because he always talks about how few people work there. It's like, it's me, it's my wife, it's my producer, uh, it's uh, Kurt Metzger, uh, Jackson Hinkle. Uh, there might be like one other person or two, but I've, I've never seen that before. Gray Zone is defending Door's NDA. Oh my. Fresh off Sumerian civil liberties lawyers for opposing you, the U.S. government. See, all, all this is you, you've already started editing your own narrative here. Social media censorship purges. Walker is now attacking Jimmy Dore for having his employees sign non-disclosure agreements. Walker is speaking distortions on half-truths to those challenging power. Like any establishment narrative manager, Walker brands Jimmy Dore a conspiracy theorist to explain how elites gamed the pandemic to increase control and condemning mandating of a vaccine that injured him. <laughs> the vaccine that injured him. <laughs> Even seems to justify Biden's breaking of the rail strike. Uh, uh, no, he did not. I'm, I'm in the middle of reading the article, Max. He did not do that. <laughs> he's like, it's he's he's pointing out in every one of these cases his hypocrisy. Yeah. As Aaron Maté demonstrates in this thread, the rest of Walker's desperate screed is paddled by demonstrably bogus accusations by resentful TYT figures, including the note and unionist buster uh, Jenk Weger. Is Jimmy Dore's show a worker... Co-op, or does it have a work workers union, one that reflects the IWW or other standards of worker rights? I'm just curious. I want to learn. Uh, juries have jobs, and they know that bosses overreach. I told the important context. Arbitration is much more favorable to, uh, for employers. They can keep it secret. They don't have to pu make it public. They don't have to face a jury. One decision that has been, by the way, I, I feel about this the same way that I feel about uh, the Jimmy Dore versus, uh, oh, sorry, not Jimmy Dore, uh, the Ben Shapiro versus Steven Crowder thing. Yes, it is totally normal for someone like Ben Shapiro uh, to have these clauses in place that Steven Crowder is either, uh, I, I don't know, being a clown about because he can't realize this is a very standard thing. If someone is offering you this amount, X amount of money and it's in very high volume, they're probably going to have in clauses that looks to defend themselves. And in this case, yes, if you were running, uh, you know, a distinctly capitalist organization in which you want to have the most amount of power concentrated into the boss, in this case, Jimmy Dore and his company, then of course you would have contracts for your employees that have these kind of things that look to protect you or that look to, you know, uh, prevent people from talking shit. Like, why not? If you're willing to sign this, then I, and I want total control and power over you, fine. It's also fine to point out the hypocrisy, though, if you base your entire persona and your advocacy every single time you go on your show surrounding worker power, workers' rights, solidarity, all that kind of stuff, to then have this uh, and then have all these people who also talk about that, Max Blumenthal, Aaron Maté, you both realize that you can't be like U.S. bad, imperialism bad, capitalism bad, and then you run these high venture capitalist institutions that exploit the workers along the way. But it's in service of, of course, letting everyone know that capitalism bad, imperialism bad, U.S. bad, all, all those things. Very, very bad. 
Also, it's fine if we do it along the way uh, because uh, we're bringing the truth to you in, in the form of vaccines are really, really bad for you. Arbitrators are notorious pro-employer. 2021 study by National Employment Law Project revealed that in 2019, forced arbitration in the U.S. allows private sector employees to keep more than $9.27 billion in wages owed to non-union workers, making less than $13 an hour. A study from 2015, Economic Policy Institute, meanwhile, found that workers were roughly half as likely to prevail against their employers in arbitration as they were in litigation. Also, don't get me wrong, it is so fucking hard to find uh, worker co-ops uh, in certain fields. Uh, like, I'm trying to partner with one right now uh, to distribute coffee, and it took a long time to find one that syncs up with, like, uh, yes, we don't exploit our workers. Yes, we don't exploit people in South and Central America. We care about the empowerment of women in other countries. We care about this. We care about that. It would have been so much easier just to log on to a website that's like, hey, uh, put a sticker on this bag and we sell it for you. And that's about it, you know? So I get that, like... Everyone's a hypocrite. Everyone's trying to live to the best of their abilities. You might be wearing a shirt on your back right now that's from fast fashion. It was printed in, you know, uh, Taiwan and then it was shipped over uh, to uh, Mexico where it was printed and then it was shipped over to the United States where it's stored and then you bought it and the whole thing cost you $6, which is pretty nuts. How did something that traveled that far and went through so many steps cost that little money? This can't be good or healthy. Yeah, sure. Everyone is a hypocrite to a certain extent. But again, when a large part of your advocacy is surrounding this and this is a focus, then obviously people are, are right to be able to be like, well, it looks like you're a massive hypocrite. Former friends and colleagues told uh, of Doors told Important Context they were not surprised by the mismatch between the comedian's rhetoric and the employer-friendly provisions of the 4DP agreement. I don't think he's grounded in ideology, so I don't think he views treating all workers the same way I would. Fellow comedian Dave Anthony, former longtime friend of Doors. Uh, Dan Evans, former TYT associate producer who worked on Doors' show, Aggressive Progressives, offered up a similar diagnosis. Um, he is not really that ideological. He knows a couple of his buzzwords, knows how to do his canned rants, and when he's doing that for almost a decade at this point, that's what it always feels like and always has felt like. Like when he was going after the, uh, the occupation in Ottawa, like I was spending so much time trying to explain to everyone, especially American viewers, what was actually taking place here. The whole thing had been astroturfed by the far right and a lot of far right extremists. And a lot of people were buying into these ideas that, hey, by the way, uh, you know, this is about workers and truckers when the vast majority of not only trucker unions, but like just unions across the country were in direct opposition to this occupation. And the people who, the founders of the movement, none of them were actual truckers. Not a single founder of the uh, trucker occupation, whatever you want to call it, uh, was a trucker. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of truckers were all honestly vaccinated and complaining about why the fuck is this being, why are being, we being used as, as like pawns for this nebulous thing that was originally anti-Trudeau and anti-vax and then evolved into being pro-freedom. That, that was the evolution. But man, oh man, Jimmy Dore every day would just be like, look at this. I haven't seen this in my lifetime. They're actually shutting down. They're shutting down the actual bridge. They're shutting, and I was like, they're shutting down factories where workers work. They're shutting down car factories where automobile workers work those are thousands of people who depend on those jobs to feed their families they now can't work for weeks on end do do you is your analysis of this entire thing that it's a victory if you blow up a factory and then like capitalism has suffered like did you want like a jokeification version of this is that what you view as your battle it's like oh look, look at this uh, another box manufacturer the entire thing was sabotaged and blown up we did it we we, we hurt capitalism it's like you're not you're not actually helping the workers in that case and neither were the trucking uh, occupiers and that's why no unions were banding together with them that's why they were calling them out and that's why the entire thing was very evidently astroturfed by the far right the same and similar thing happened in Brazil and then most people who saw that were recognizing that for what it was but not Jimmy 
not Jimmy, just time and time again, you know? Then that's when Jimmy Dore would start speaking shit about unions. He was like, look at these unions hating workers, they hate the workers. He would even yell at folks, blah, blah, blah. I was worried about this very thing when I was still at TYT. I remember when Alex Jones was removed from most mainstream media critics, said not to worry, censorship would only happen to an extreme raging asshole like Jones. Now everyday independent media figures face suspension or deletion. Of course, they didn't listen. They were solidly pro-censorship and still are, like most faux left on YouTube. That's the other thing. Mr. Pro-free uh, pro speech, Jimmy Dore, uh, is making people sign NDAs. Oh yeah, free speech, but not about me. No, no, I, I will certainly limit your freedom of speech to talk about me. You can't talk shit about me. I will charge you $10,000 if you try. Every time you talk about me, that's $10,000. I'm your new swear jar. He's like riffing off people's appearances to entertain an audience. Uh, Anna Kasparian, who told important context, he's very insecure, he's a massive fraud. Doris publicly boasted that humiliating Kasparian with a comment about her inappropriate clothing in the retelling of the story, Drew proudly proclaimed that he did not have a human uh, resources department. Kasparian has a different recollection of Doris' remark, telling important context. He actually commented on her sexy legs the day he brought her students and tour to the studio. I was pretty young at the time, and it was really, really important to me to be taken seriously by the students, especially because it was my first time I was teaching at the university level, Kasparian told Important Context. And I think the reason why he made the comment about my sexy legs in front of the students was because he wanted to undo any respect that I earned with him. Uh, Jane Weird, the TYT's founder and CEO, confirmed for Important Context that Doris' conflicts with his colleagues and producers were a factor in the split that occurred. Uh, Jimmy was always fairly nice to everyone when we were friends. However, he acknowledged the door change over the years. They changed him. But now he's just doing straight right-wing segments. This one, Sam Smith's devil-themed uh, Grammy performance, Pay For, by Pfizer. But I see it, and I think that James Corden is doing a comedy sketch, right? But it's actually a, a real song. But it actually, it wasn't him. It yeah. was a real, I'm like, who's Sam this, Smith, who's this chubby Smith. guy who's supposed to be? Stern uh, got in a lot of trouble for calling him a chubby guy. I'm not supposed to do that? I don't know. I don't... It's more like... Why? Why is that a focus? I don't get it. So do you, this person's chubby. And so it's like, that's that's something that everyone's making into a big deal. He kind of looked like another chubby guy I know. And then I thought it was a sketch because they're both kind of chubby. So it's why why is anyone trying to dance sexy if if they're chubby? Why, why would anyone try to show off their body if they look like that? You know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know if you saw the new music video, but it's, it's very, very sexual. And he doesn't have the body I'm accustomed to seeing when, or sorry, when they uh, doesn't have the body that I'm accustomed to seeing. Uh, and they were doing this entire routine multiple times. Uh, and what's wrong with them sexualizing themselves? Let's... I have, I've not often seen, uh, you know, a male presenting individual appear that way. I, I've never seen this, you know? I, uh, well, he's chubby. I think he's a dipshit myself so i don't really oh. care what i don't know anything about it. Yeah, not, devil had, first of all the guy already did the devil the gay devil dance thing that rapper already did it the one that made the rap song only one person can only use one aesthetic forever <laughs> this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ray Cyrus, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Old Town Road. He did one that was the last controversy, so this guy did it. So, I'm, But I'm watching this, and so I, I'm th I think it's James Corden, right? It's a chubby white guy doing comedy pretending to be a singer. A rocker, and I, I thought no. it, I looked funny, it's right? It thing. looked funny to me, like all the people. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I wish I could hear this. I bet it's funny. But then, uh, so that was just, I was just 
briefly looking at it for a few seconds at the restaurant. And then I didn't think about it again until today. Everybody's going crazy that that was the devil worship guy. But that's a real musician. What's his name? Sam Smith. Sam Smith. I didn't know. I don't know. So I never heard of him. So he's doing that's a well, real you song. Brought to you by Pfizer that probably. And then it was brought to you by <laughs> Pfizer. Here's, here's a, a, guy, a non-binary guy dressed like the devil brought to you by, by Pfizer. Fox. Some people might get their paranoia aroused, I guess. I guess we should. Wait, I, I don't know. If you if uh, you know they're non-binary, then why have you spent the first like half of this using like he him pronouns, saying this guy he's, he's a chubby guy, he's a chubby man, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I, mean, I just we, assumed. They well, didn't we already know. talked about it. We should have made a segment on it. But, but do people are still living in 2011. If you're in the el- elitist circles of showbiz, right? Yeah. So it's still Obama world in your head, and back then, you're like, because what's the last edgy thing you can do now? Except worship the devil. You literally, that's the only one you're allowed to do. It's, that's, <laughs> like you can't. You got to be how, all, edgy, all. How edgy is that really though? <laughs> I don't like, if someone's like, hey, by the way, uh, this person has just committed a whole bunch of crimes and is uh, really, really in trouble. You're like, wow, that's, that's wild. This person is uh, dressing as the devil. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> doesn't doesn't everyone <laughs> it's like halloween there's a lot of devils walking around on halloween night or demons are they demons i don't know 100 uh, uh pc and everything but the devil that's cool you can't do anything so that's how you can push boundary like it it's really uh like madonna did remember what madonna was making out with black so Jesus. So easy <laughs> for Madonna to push people's buttons. Remember how easy it was and for her? she can't even get noticed. And, and Sam she... Smith just has a top hat with devil horns. <laughs> wow. He's chubby. She worked out. <laughs> she kept her body She good. got abs. She did. <laughs> I mean. This is so she, weird. Yeah. He's wearing <laughs> a plus size devil. <laughs> it's just so weird seeing these two dudes. Like, yeah. Fat. Fat. Yeah. Fat. Unattractive. Yeah. Love it. Anyway, I mean, wet ass pussy. It looked like uh, John Lovett's People's Court, where he's Satan on Saturday Night Live. It did. I thought like. I thought it was a comedy sketch when I watched it. I swear to God, I was like, "Who's that fat?" I thought it was James did Corden. Sam Smith go, "You there? Worship me, your dog master." <laughs> Whenever you see an overweight rocker, you immediately think it's comedy. Why? Why wouldn't you? Look, since I, the since the dawn of MTV, the only guy who's ever broken through even a little was was who's been overweight was that guy uh, Meatloaf. And its name was Meatloaf, so you could see why. Um, yeah, and he. His, but that his song album was called. Back I mean, out, out of, of hell. hell. I'll, I'll I'll give him this. The the angle is different than Shapiro's. It's less about how the devil is satanic and uh, you know going to uh, destroy society and civilization, and more just say let's do a fat shaming segment for like you know eleven minutes. Let's do an eleven minute fat shaming segment about how you know they're fat, they're fat, they're chubby. So yeah, shame them. Not <laughs> that's right. Going straight to hell. <laughs> it was a hope for you know. Yeah, you gotta. Have- I'd honestly watch Shapiro. This I'm not even gonna finish it. I, I was just curious <laughs> why they were buying into the culture war. Does look for Ozzy Osbourne. Oh and- yeah, I think she's the first transgender woman that wins a Grammy. Oh, is that, right? is that, that what that is? Is it Petra? I don't know. Oh no, kidding. Mm-hmm. So that's a transgender lady. Is she rapping? Look, they're all, they look like devils. He's got devil horns. Are you kidding me? And this is sponsored by Pfizer. Oh my God. You know what? The event is sponsored by Pfizer. 
Sam Smith did not walk up to Pfizer and and Pfizer was like, uh, yeah, they're going to do a dance routine for us right now. They're going to dress up as the devil. We can't wait to see what they do with this. Uh, we're, we're really excited. No, the, the, the event itself, the Grammys are sponsored by Pfizer. It's gross. I'll tell you why. Because there's plenty of bands that were like kind of devilly in this. And yeah. That. Like every heavy metal band ever, ever in, in, in like the genre, it's always dealing with d demonic things and shit like that. Clean even like friendly, even like pop ones, like even Kiss dealt with a whole bunch of like, you know, uh, demonic themes and things like that. Like, yes, there's a spectacle. There's a show. This is what they this is so old. Am I am I going to be a 50 year old at one point having to watch like 80 year old Jimmy Thor? <laughs> who's just like, eh. No, it looks like this SoundCloud rapper is doing the devil again. They won't stop. Gross is that it's holding. Uh, but they have. <laughs> it's not unholy. Un <laughs> Man, just doomed. Time is cyclical. It's like the first season of True Detective. For we're gonna relive this moment again and again in perpetuity. <laughs> Do you enjoy the surfs, but prefer not to have to use your eyeballs? Many are saying this. Well, we've got the solution for you. It's the Surf Times in podcast form. Available on most major podcasting networks now. If you enjoy it, please consider leaving a good review and feedback because it really helps the show out, apparently, and it's free. Just like the podcast. To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Juice, we shall spend many a generations building mighty cathedrals in your honor. To our monarch, Tom Spiker, we are but your oafish jesters, here to offer you a laugh at any opportunity. To our brave knights of the round table, Rachel Kay, Izzy Solidarity, Victoria Bell, Sebastian Demel, Mark Harmon, Benji Arnie, Scary Earth Human, Tony, DM Rivera, Resident Scarecrow, Sir Nickus, Cheryl Alvarez, Ruby Kelly, Brandon, Words Greenwood, Everything Important, Hegbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariane McCarthy, Doug Cady, Daniel Sutton, Jenna Tao, Dark Puppy, Quiet185, Anna Loves Riley, Omni, Riley and Anna, Poodlehawk, Multimondi, Trevbot EXE, Brian Ephraim, Anthropophojack, Catherine, Ramon Acosta, Nkosin, Ralph Parler, Violent Orchard, Political Puppy, La Media Panza, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajeunesse. We salute our valiant heroes off to fight injustice everywhere.